0: Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastermonico and I talk about whether Barack Obama is right and women are better leaders than men. And we find compelling evidence on both sides. Then Tian Tran, Kieran Deal, and Riri Cheney join me in studio to talk about the creep who smacked the female reporter's butt as she tried to do her job and the ways that standing up for ourselves has benefits and drawbacks. Then, as always, our Hill's. Do you guys remember how it seemed like Meghan Markle was pregnant for like six years? Well, the impeachment trial has been going on for twice as long. So to break up some of the grave but very important monotony, I'm going to call my friend, White House Deputy Chief of Operations under President Barack Obama and the Beyonce of holiday baking, Alyssa Monaco. Hello. Hey, Alyssa. Hi, Erin. Um, I have two questions for you. Okay. First question. You can omit walnuts in most baking recipes, right? Yes. Okay. Like it's not... White, you it, can,
3: yeah, you can get rid of nuts in anything.
0: Okay. Because it's not it's not going to mess. I think like pistachio sort of like is its own flavor and omitting it would mess with it. But yeah, I think I agree with you about walnuts. Second question is, do you think women are better leaders than men?
3: Um. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, We haven't had a real chance to prove ourselves in earnest up to this point. Um, But I do think that women, by and large, are more uh, empathetic and therefore, you know, like more prone to uh, 360 leadership.
0: (laughs) How's that? 360 leadership. Sounds like a skateboarding trick. Ooh, there's a you know. Don't get
3: me going. Chloe Kim doing a double flip.
0: (laughs) Chloe Kim doing a three sixty leadership up there. So the reason I'm asking you, as you know, an event in Singapore this week. Former President Barack Obama, your ex boss, um, Mm. said that most of the problems in the world come from older generations and, uh, specifically men. Um, he said, I'm absolutely confident that for two years, if every nation on earth was run by women, you would see a significant improvement across the board on just about everything, living standards and outcomes, which is a provocative thing to say for sure. But here's the, here's the problem I had with that in 2017, Barack Obama named a book called the power by Naomi Alderman, one of his Mm -hmm. best books of the year. Did you ever read the power? I did not basically I mean I don't want to give it away if, if you haven't read it it's it's so good um, but like the point of it is that it's about a society where women suddenly have the ability to overpower men and the complete flipping of the way that gender, like and power works in the world. And like a lot of women are super fucked up with it. So I don't think Barack Obama really took the lessons of the power to heart, honestly, if he thinks women are better than leaders than men.
3: That's, but let's just, let's be warm that he that he thinks so much of us. That is really nice. I mean, Alyssa,
0: you have to take some credit for that. You worked alongside I, him.
3: I did. Let's be, one of my favorite memories true story is when he would come down to my office sometimes and be like, what's going on? And I'd be like, nothing. Why are you here? Kind of. And <laughs> he's like, well, you know, I just haven't seen you in a couple days. And I was like, oh, do you think my feelings are hurt? And he's like, no, it's just that, you know, you're always on your shit. So I don't have to check on you. Like you always have your shit. He didn't say shit. I forget what word he used, but he's like, you always have your shit covered. I don't think it's like, he, he didn't say poop. I'm sure he just said, like, stuff. Okay, And you know what? It was true. I did. So, like, thank you for the acknowledgement. Yeah. But it's, also it's on Twitter, there was, like, a real backlash about, like, what he was—what uh, President Obama was saying, being patronizing. And, like, I think this is when we have to give people the benefit of the doubt because I really don't think that Barack Obama was patronizing women, um, especially given who he's married to. Just mm-hmm. saying.
0: Yeah, I mean, also, you know, if you take a look at how things in Washington work, um, it seems like when women are trying to do stuff, they're able to be the adults in the room, Um, you know, women in the Senate have been able to work together more effectively than men in the Senate um, on issues like immigration. Women who are members of both parties have helped lead the way. So, I mean, I think he might be onto something. And it makes sense for somebody who was working in Washington to feel like that. But I do want to offer two exhibits that might support and refute this notion that women are better leaders than men. Exhibit A, in support of the notion that women are better leaders than men. Um, yesterday, Donald Trump sent an absolutely... Bonkers <laughs> letters, Bonkers. To Nancy Pelosi. It read sort of like somebody huffed paint and then tried to do a Darth Vader impression. It, did you read the whole thing, Alyssa?
3: I mean, let's say I skimmed the whole thing thoroughly because reading that whole thing would have corrupted my brain.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I read I read all three Fifty Shades of Grey book, f- books for work one time, and uh, at the end of reading all three of them, I remember being like, I'm worse at everything because I read this. I'm worse yes. at thinking. I'm worse at talking. I'm probably worse at sex. This made me worse, and it took a couple weeks before I recovered. So you are right to take caution in reading Donald Trump's six-page screed to— uh, Nancy Pelosi I want to read do you want to read a couple of highlights with me Alyssa oh please go for it okay tis the season fa la 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 <laughs> la 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 La. There is nothing I would rather do than stop referring to your party as the do-nothing Democrats. Unfortunately, I don't know that you will ever give me a chance to do so.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: you are offending Americans of faith by continually saying, I pray for the president when you know this statement is not true, unless it is meant in a, in a negative sense. It is a terrible thing you are doing, but you will have to live with it, not I. He's like accusing Nancy Pelosi of lying about praying, right? Yes. Our deeply weird president... His biggest flaw is that he well, among many flaws, one of his bigger flaws is that he assumes everybody in the world is as deeply weird as he is. Like just because he fake praise, he assumes that ev- he assumes that everybody who prays is faking it. I'm gonna be honest,
3: I actually don't think that our deeply weird president thinks about other people at all. really? Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think that everything he thinks is related to how he feels. Not really. There's no talk about zero empathy. (laughs) It's like he's got like negative empathy.
0: Yeah. I mean, that explains why he's doing these weird impressions of Lisa Page at his rallies when drawing attention to the fact that she had an extramarital affair when he literally used illegal campaign funds to pay off women he had he had extramarital affairs with. It's like Complete lack of of self-awareness. I mean, here's the thing. I don't want to get too much into the substance of it because it it will melt my brain like a crayon in the backseat of a car. But what do you think his purpose was in writing this?
3: Oh, this was purely, purely for the Fox News commentators to have something to say last night and today while all this impeachment stuff is going on. They needed a script. He just decided to release it to the world.
0: Yeah, I think that makes sense Um, because they were talking about impeachment a lot on Fox. I've heard. I don't watch Fox. Um, (laughs) Again, melting crayon brain in the backseat of a car. I think that he wanted to, like you said, overwrite what they were saying with his own words, as illiterate as they are.
3: Also, if there's something I've learned from Law and Order SVU is that writing things down or drawing them can be a form of therapy. So maybe he was also like just giving himself therapy yesterday, trying to convince himself to continue to convince himself that he is the victim in all of this. Yeah. And he's the victim. Yeah. Just like a, a member.
0: Wait, he was also, he said that the punishment he was getting was worse than the Salem Witch Trials or something. And it's like, man. First
3: time he's ever stood up for women. <laughs> Yeah, but with women.
0: OK, I want to go to Exhibit B. Um, that is a counter argument to Barack Obama saying women are better leaders than men. And that I'm is ready. The case of a woman who we've talked about before named Lisa Bloom. Mm-mm. Fuck that lady.
3: Fuck that lady. See, I want everyone who listens us to us to understand that we are, in fact, equal opportunity. Like, we may say fuck that guy a lot, but fuck this lady.
0: Fuck this lady. Women can be just as big of assholes as men, for sure. Lisa Bloom is a quote-unquote quote struggling following re- revelations that she helped um, with Harvey Weinstein's defense um, She's trying to kind of cobble together her reputation, get new clients again. She's like, oh, no, I'm a feminist again. I'm standing up for you. Um, but when she was defending Harvey Weinstein, she basically pitched herself by saying, look, Harvey, I understand all these crazy bitches because I work for him. I will use this information to work against
3: them. Um, is there any coming back for Lisa Bloom? Sorry, but no, 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 no. Because you know what? And I heard this. I can't remember if it was on Pod Save America or Love It or Leave It. But Or actually, just reading the book. But when Ronan Farrow talked about how he was talking to Lisa and she was actually like tipping off Black Cube and all the Weinstein people to what he was working on, that's not just fucking not being a feminist. She was literally trying to help Harvey get away with crimes against Mm -hmm. women, just crimes.
0: Yeah. Just all the crimes. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Lisa, I think if you're a professional feminist and you're putting yourself out there like, I'm going to help you, I'm going to stand up for you. And then you breach that trust just once. It's sort of like if you have a shrink who just once releases all their notes from meetings with you just, you know, as a book of essays. I just did it the one time. It's like, no, you don't get to be my shrink. Just shr- once. Yeah, you don't get to be my shrink again. Like you completely broke the trust of like the community and of women everywhere. And you don't deserve a second chance. Um, the reason- no, and
3: you know that I like to say that, you know, it's like I do feel it. I'm sure you feel it that like if you're a woman with a smidge of influence, You somehow have to do everything as a philanthropy going forward. You should give your advice for free. You should help people for free. Like everything should be for free. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but it is a, it is a thing, right? That this is how people sort of view women who have sort of achieved anything. This is not at all what we're saying about Lisa Bloom. What we're saying is that she is a betrayer and yes, of course, she has the right to make money and be successful. She doesn't have the right to use what she has learned by people, by women relying on her and coming to her, she basically like zapped their brains and then put it in a f- like the form of a bucket to help Harvey. Like that's a terrible wonder twin powers analogy, but like, you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> right. I mean, it's just, it's just, dis- it's despicable. I find it to be grosser. In many ways than the men who helped Harvey because they weren't previously working with women who were victimized by people like Harvey. I do want to add really quick before we get to toast and roasts, if we have any this week, Harvey Weinstein is doing, I don't know why he's doing this, but he is being public again about um, himself and his championing of (laughs) women. Uh, Recently, it was uh, revealed by the New York Times that Weinstein and his former studio had reached a $47 million settlement, uh, of which $25 million would compensate the women who chose to participate in the settlement, and the rest go to... Lawyers, and in exchange, he does not admit any wrongdoing. And it is a bunch of fucking bullshit. Um, but now I think he thinks in his like monster brain that he can go out into the world again and get credit for doing things like making movies with Buneth Peltrow in two thousand and three. Um, he says, he said, "I feel like the Forgotten Man. I made more movies directed by women and about women than any filmmaker. and I'm talking about thirty years ago. I'm not talking about now when it's Vogue. I did it first. I pioneered it. What do you think Harvey's game is, and do you think that he people will work with him again?
3: no, no one's ever going to work for him again because he's going to be in jail. I mean, like Aaron, what, what, what world do you have to have existed in for however many fucking years old he is to wake up one day and think giving that, like that interview is a good idea. Like, He's going to be, when is he, he's up for trial, like the first week of January, I think. Does he think that this interview was going to guilt people into feeling sorry for him and that they should give him a break? I'm going to guess that it did the opposite.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it sort of reminded me of the audio that was captured by one of the women who um, helped bring him down. Um, One of the women who recorded him trying to kind of garner sympathy, like, hey, I'm just a... I'm just a guy. I'm just trying my best. It's like, no, dude, fuck off. Um, But I will say uh, we live on different coasts and in different cities and we work in different industries. And I will say I'm not I've had a good experience working in the entertainment industry. But I do know of a lot of people who have not had good experiences. And I know that this industry can be gross and weird and dirty. And if people are still working with Woody Allen, um, I can imagine if if Harvey Weinstein has money, people will still try to work with him because this place has no soul whatsoever. Oh, But anyway, that, that, that's sad. Yeah, it is. It is sad. Um, but I hope he goes to jail. That would be great. That would solve a lot of problems. Okay. Any toast and roast this week?
3: Um, I have a silly toast. Okay, good. Uh, the United Kingdom's number one bookseller, Waterstones. <laughs> Okay. Uh, posted on Twitter this week how to uh, wrap a book or a box without actually wasting paper. And you had tweeted it and I saw it because you tweeted it mm-hmm. and my brain exploded because I am the person in my family in charge of wrapping all the presents. Uh-huh. And let me say, it was a revelation to just realize, just turn that book on a 90 degree angle and <laughs> you're going to be able to cover all the corners.
0: Yes. So the, the orientation of a square Present or like gift when you're wrapping it should be diagonal to yeah. the squareness of the wrapping paper. I cannot you know, it, believe that people it, did not
3: know this. It took me, I mean, I can't tell you how many hundreds of Christmas presents. Like, I have actually already told my mom I'm coming down to the house on Sunday to wrap all the presents so that I don't get stuck exhausted with a backache on Christmas Eve. That is how many presents I am in charge of wrapping. And, um, you know, this, I really, I was almost ashamed when I saw your tweet. Cause you're like, I've been doing this since 2000 and I haven't. And I just want other people to know. <laughs> okay. Um, that if you didn't know, you don't have to pretend like you didn't see the tweet. Cause you're ashamed. See the tweet fix your gift wrapping. It's going to change your life. It's changed mine. Alyssa, let me just add to
0: that though. It's not that I'm some genius. I have had a lot of head injuries. So it's probably, (laughs) it's probably from like being concussed from like gymnastics and ice skating that I was just like, Oh, turn it sideways. I've got synesthesia, whatever. Um, so yeah,
3: that's, that's a good toast. Uh, everybody should, that was my, I just felt it was a, it was a practical toast. It was a pay it forward toast.
0: Yeah. Okay. I have a, I have a like mild roast. I think this guy gets roasted, not enough, but, but you know, whatever. I want to roast Mike Pence. Um, oh, please. For sitting here kind of quietly not acknowledging the fact that if Donald Trump were removed from office, he would become the president, not Hillary Clinton. Like, the right-wing talking point being like... They're trying to overturn the election. You know, it's like, no, that's not what happened. When a president gets impeached, you don't have you don't go back to the election and opposite resulted. But Mike Pence is just sitting there like an Indiana brick, not saying anything. And uh, I just I hate that guy. I hate that that guy. guy. Fuck that guy forever. Um, Okay, Alyssa, this was a great conversation and uh, I'm excited to talk to you next week. This will be really fun. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Before we get back to the show, a little bit of housekeeping. Guess what, guys? We hit $2 million. Thanks to all of you who stepped up and made over 50,000 donations over the last four months, we helped Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight get closer to their goal of having voter protection teams in battleground states across the country next year. As we head into 2020, when we'll all be asked to do more than ever, we also wanted to make sure you understand just how much of an impact you've had. Go to crooked.com slash impact to check it out. And thank you from all of us at Crooked. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. All right, we're back. This is the part of the show where I'm not by myself at a table anymore. I'm sitting with three wonderful women who I cannot wait to talk to. We're eating cookies that I made because they are dangerous in my home. They're rich. Yeah, and also we have a dog that just eats. Yesterday I left the house for 10 minutes and I came back and he had pulled down a dozen eggs and eaten two of them all. Mm, so you can't leave chocolate at home with this with oh, this oh guy. Um, let me introduce the women that are here to talk about not my dog. First up, she is a comedian and head writer for yeah. CBS's Diversity Showcase. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. Tian Tran! Welcome and congratulations! Thank you. Are you so
4: excited? Yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, I've been working for it since October, and the show is in
1: January. So if oh, you're in LA, you can come watch it. God, yeah, I want Do we to get VIP backstage passes. I can, be, I can, I love yeah, access. sure.
4: Why not? Do you really want to see the El Portal? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you, okay, fine. I'll Absolutely. show you the backstage of the El Portal. Yeah, wow. I think I'll actually, I'll
1: be
0: here. We'll talk offline. Okay, def- yes. I definitely want to come. Up, up next, she is an actor on NBC's Sunny Side. It's Kieran Deal. Hello. Oh, hi. Ooh, that Hello. was
1: smooth. I know. Thank you so that was much. So beautiful. Thank All you. So hi, opposite of me. How are you? Happy holidays. <laughs> We were talking about attractive women before we started. You sound talking. like Horny Delilah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You That's my new brand. <laughs>
0: Going horny, into twenty twenty, baby,
4: Horny Delilah. I
1: don't know what that means, but you don't I like know the, it.
4: You don't know Delilah, the like Midwest radio? No. First yet? of
0: all, she's from Washington. I misspoke. I feel like more of a Terry Gross, personally. Mm,
1: yeah, that explains why, why Adam Adam Driver is always right storming away from you. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? It's also that in the rocks I'm throwing at his head <laughs> every time I see.
0: Him. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. That's assault. Don't throw rocks at Adam Driver. He's a very talented actor. He's
2: definitely
1: tall.
0: He is very tall. <laughs>
2: No, I. Sorry, that just came out too easily. I love him. Uh, he's very broad.
0: Um, and last but not least, <laughs> you've been hearing her talk, <laughs> throw, shaded <laughs> shade at Adam Driver. She is uh, now officially aboard as a member of the recurring Hysteria crew. It's Riri Cheney.
2: Hi. This is. I love official. Hello. Fish. Ooh,
0: ooh, You're I love a fish. To just be a part of things. We're excited ooh, to o- o- be back. Officially, um, ooh. we do like a like a like a cutting ceremony. Ooh afterwards of our blood and like it's a spell but don't yeah, worry about it no. I'll tell you more it's
2: from the original text Divine Secrets of the Yaya yeah yeah Sisterhood I'm guessing yes this is, mm-hmm. uh, makes sense
0: yeah the part of the text that they've had to ban in mm-hmm. libraries for children under 10 because mm-hmm. it was causing them to do like children of the corn shit So. Oh, God. Yeah, is that true? No, I was like, we'll take pages out of books for that.
1: (laughs) There she is. There's my girl. There's my gullible girl.
0: There she is. That is not true. I showed it just now, but (laughs) not really now. Um, Guys, I want to talk about something that as soon as I saw this story, I got infuriated and it's gotten me angrier and angrier the longer that it's unfolded. Now my anger is like a mushroom cloud waiting to be born. Mm. Um, so during a 5K that was happening in Georgia, a Savannah reporter named Alex Bazarjan was trying to do her job, talking into a microphone on camera as runners were running by her. Uh, one of those runners um, smacked her in the butt as she was trying to do her job. Um which is like shitty, and and she took to Twitter to say, you violated, objectified, and embarrassed me. No woman should ever have to put up with this at work or anywhere. Do better. And social media turned out to be not shitty in this case because people figured out who it was. A 43-year-old—wait for it—youth minister— Named Tommy Calloway mm. was the one who had smacked her in, uh, in the behind. Yep, that trash. And yeah. his excuse was that he was caught up in the moment. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. He he probably didn't expect her to make a big deal out of it. On social media, because if he had, he would have been a little bit more sensible. Also, a 5K. A 5K?
4: <laughs> <laughs> You're getting
0: caught up in the moment of a 5K? This is coming from a marathon runner. I can run I a 5K up before, up a f- before I wake up. I can be asleep and run a 5K. You fucking— All right, we get <laughs> it, Okay, Ryan. we get You're it. In you in sleep. Sleep. I'm sorry. I oh, you jogged. Oh, you get it. Jog, you I sprinted once the other day, and I was like— <laughs> Uh, this is it. <laughs> no, my point is this but, guy, but, th- yes. this guy's a pussy. Yeah. This guy's a pussy. And like being caught up in the moment of a race that lasts 20 minutes is not an excuse. <laughs> like it lasts, it's tw- <laughs> It's a 20 minute run, dude.
2: Well, also, like if you watch the video, it was a costly moment because you can see him deciding to do it. Yeah.
0: Oh, snap. Because it's, he, ca- you ca- kind of
2: see him like You see re- him like, um, behind, like in the um, like back focus. So he comes in t- to focus and he, his hand has been ready. So it's... I there, was, there was an intention. Yeah, there was a it, yeah, it was premeditation. It was premeditation. His first reaction or his first response was, I was trying to wave, which my dude, who you waving at? Like, <laughs> don't ass height children. That also you need to think about. Well, your choices. My smile, smile is minister. my butt
1: cracks. So.
2: <laughs> <God. laughs> I mean, it's just, it's very frustrating because... It, he's trying to put in the respectability of look at me, I as this athlete, which we've uh, already established. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, and he was part it's the enthusiasm of it all. But no, he saw a shot on camera. You cannot miss a camera that large. Yeah. You knew what you were doing, and you still chose to violate someone. And.
1: I think uh the thing the thought that comes to my mind is number 1 praise jesus. Uh, that's the first thing and then number 2 is thank you so much Caroline. Uh, when when I was in India somebody did that to me but smacked my boob while they were on a bicycle and like as a drum no, as mm. like a, as like a, as like the way as a drum. Yes. They, what they, were they playing? The bongos? Yeah. No, Riri. Like, they were not playing Hello! the fucking bongos. No, 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 no. no. It was like I was waving to an orphan. I was because I'm a oh. better person than you. Yes, yes, yes. And you, God Tien. damn, right. we didn't know that. We detail. didn't oh, oh. know. So but you didn't yes, really so did. You were going to be like, who's the child? Blah blah. I know you. You're too curious. I would never. And <laughs> so then, <laughs> fucking curious, Tien. So then. I'm waving, (laughs) and while I'm waving, I'm looking away. Guy's coming on a bicycle from the right, comes on the bicycle, and then smacks my boob as he goes, and then I look at him, and I was like, because it's so out of left field, and I look, and he's like turned around and like wobbling on the bicycle, and he blows a kiss at me. And it was just, I mean, that was also the worst, but number one, at least it wasn't on camera, and number two, points for originality. (laughs) You know, like a butt smack. Is is that an at least though? Because, like, the thing is,
0: this guy is getting his just desserts Mm. because Mm. he was on camera. Mm. And so, like, normally when shit like that happens to us, we just have it happen Mm -hmm. and it's just a private, shitty thing that happened. We sit around a table with each other and we're like, yeah, a guy bongoed me in the tit or whatever.
1: Like, it's. And that's the name of the episode (laughs) bongoed me in the tit. Bongoed me in
2: the tit. In the tit teat. bongo. I to Featuring that. Matthew McConaughey. Oh. <laughs> oh
0: God. Um, but my my point is, like, the point of bringing up this story, and it got me thinking about more stuff, is, like, you know, sometimes the only way for women to, like, get justice in cases like this is to make a huge deal of, out of it and be public with it. Mm. And, um Tian, I wonder if you've also seen, like, justice... Like, dis, like distributed through social media and how you feel about that, how do you feel that that affects the individuals that are seeking the justice? I mean, with this story in particular, too, it is great that there has been, like,
4: a wave of social media support, mm-hmm. but she has also talked about how people don't believe her, even though it's on tape. Ooh, baby. Even though we all see it, she said that she has received messages from folks who have been like, oh, come on, it was just a friendly pat, and it's like, uh, you're seeing this person, like, be sexually assaulted on screen, and yet you—I actually read an article after reading ours because I was like, okay, what's going on with Tom? Where's the youth pastor? What's the deal? Like, is he in jail? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And there was a defense of him. Is he
1: in jail? I know. (laughs) um,
4: A lot of questions late at night. And someone wrote an article, and this guy starts it off as being like, As a straight cis white man, I shouldn't be able to write an article like this because we've been silenced. But I'm here to tell you that that's not assault. And I'm like, people are like actually having seen it, see it happen live Uh and they still find ways to discredit what has happened. But let's
1: really focus on the writing there, Tien, because, my God, I mean, <laughs> Pulitzer. I mean, I was, give this man the Pulitzer. That opening. It's that, so Those good. opening 10 words. Well, he's
2: so proud of himself for wow. learning all those words. He is <laughs> proud of himself. Yeah. He, and, like, that's—what's so amazing is they keep moving the line, to, not to quote smash, but they keep changing <laughs> what assault looks mm-hmm. like or what a violation looks like because— as he mentioned, uh, white cis men are feeling infringed upon. So they're like, as you th- take a little bit from my overly abundant privilege, I will take the little bit of recourse you have yeah. for your body to be your own. I know. And they're the large swings of just our, reprodu- <laughs> our reproductive freedom and also our like safety not to be dead. But then they're all the small things like, well, why were you staying on a bridge in the middle of the day doing your job you should have known mm-hmm. and that we're so close like you know there is a sub tweeter yeah. that is just saying like well she should have been in those pants
1: yeah and i feel like i i feel a part of that is has to do with i like i always try to remember when i am filled with rage is, is my default setting <laughs> um is that the the reason it's such a battle is because identity it feels like um like all of that is like the idea that like I get ownership or onus over another person's body or like that I get to move through the world in the way that I've been comfortable. If you haven't even noticed it as uncomfortable for other people, you are asking that person to also shift their view of themselves and that identity shift of like seeing yourself as privileged is um, painful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's that's, I think where all of that bumping happens on, you know, bongo titty.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to say, uh, you know, I think part of it was I think I was watching. I was like, why would he do this? And part of it was like, oh, the, he thinks it's funny yeah. at the moment he thought it was Funny mm-hmm. And Kieran, what you're saying about identity shift is really like changes what we think of as funny. I was, there's this book mm-hmm. called uh, On Earth, We're Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vuong. And it's about this Vietnamese immigrant boy whose mother doesn't speak English. And there's a scene where he's like a little boy and his mom is trying to order oxtail to make soup at this mm-hmm. grocery store. And she doesn't I'll know. Probably pho. And she doesn't know. Just <laughs> speaking. She, she, does, she, doesn't know the, <laughs> she doesn't know the English word. She doesn't know the word for the animal it comes from. So she she like acted like a cow she put like you know horns on her head and she mooed and then she put her hand on her on her butt and wagged her tail and the butcher guys like laughed and they thought it was hilarious and she was like deeply humiliated uh-huh. that she wasn't able mm-hmm. to communicate and I think that like switching identities and switching your perspective like gives you the ability to see that this isn't fucking funny but that there are enough people that think it's funny that people still do it and that is like something that that's really upsetting about the whole thing to go back to like your original question of um you know the the
4: fallout of like coming out from that or talking about it in public it's just that asking folks to like walk in another person's shoes or experience someone else puts people who have been victims of things in the position where they have to share all their trauma Mm -hmm. and they have to take on all of that emotional labor for her to do that and speak out is is incredible and brave but then she also i'm sure is experiencing like the terrible fallout of the trolls which is to me like so anxiety inducing that in moments when i'm in positions where i want i should speak up i like feel silenced because i just i don't want to deal with the mm-hmm. emotional stress of it
2: mm-hmm. and the interrogation yeah. for towards your trauma or your response mm-hmm. that like it isn't enough that whether it's someone that knows you or someone that doesn't, you existing isn't enough for you to have feelings about something. Mm-hmm. And so then it is poked and prodded and then you are made to question whether or not you were valid in being human. And I think that's unfortunately like a space that so many women, women of color are put in like I tell people all the time, I got an email right after the 2016 election from people that I love asking, like, what should we do? What are we supposed to do? And I and I did not know I had it within me to respond. This isn't I can't. This isn't my problem. Mm -hmm. Like this is yes, as Americans and as humans, we all have to be aware. But me describing what you as white women have to do is not going to be my problem today. And I still love them and I will be in their wedding next year, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about the fact that we were talking about like switching sides of things and and perspective what i realized is that this man saw this this confident reporter's body as like a vessel for his congratulation Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it wasn't enthusiasm or comedy it was more that like by putting by putting my hands on your body your body should respond and like good for you for running this 5k Mm -hmm. and that's in so many different spaces of like how dare you pull away in this bar because you should be congratulating me for having the courage to Violate you. Mm-hmm, yeah. And if we don't enthusiastically consent without, with, when we didn't have the consent in the first place, it's our fault and we should be ashamed for making another person feel bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riri, you watched Succession, right? Uh, I love uh, white men uh, whispering in corridors of power. So I watched. So I watched the first season. I've not caught up. The second. Season. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, I'm going to bring up something that happened in season two, episode nine. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Okay. I have so, no context. Do, so Su- Su- do you watch
3: the second?
1: I watched season one of Succession.
3: Oh, and then up season and up, two is so good. I know, but for Ooh.
1: me, season two, I was just like, it felt. I was like, I, I don't have the space to watch these characters currently. That's where I was at. It I was gets, just like, given everything that's going on in a in. With Trump and impeachment and like what our actual political landscape looks like. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't feel like I need to give hours and hours of my time to watching rich people. Oh no, i made me, me empire. What's going to happen? Yeah, but it's empire? great because no, that no. That. no, no. The
0: point, the point of the <laughs> show, the point of the show <laughs> is you know that something this is not going to end well for any of them. And the point of the show is like tantric Schadenfreude. You wait for it to build up, and then anytime anything <laughs> bad happens to any of them, you're like, yes.
2: I will say I've been gearing up to watch season two when I'm um, at home, stuck at home. Not stuck. I love you, mom. But um, I'm next week. So I've been rewatching the first season this week just to like really get in the spirit. But I think I agree. Similarly, there is something the lens they put on it of these are all horrible white people and there is no one to root for. So it's just like taking bets of what is the most creative way. Of demise, my mother. Knows Did she hear I was talking you? About, you know, uh, guys, she's called My mother's calling me right now. She felt it. She is a little psychic. So this is fun. This is so fun. That's like eight uh, percent. Like eight
0: percent. It's. Um, I wanted to, but the but the reason I brought it up is because there's a scene in like the second to the last episode of the season where one of the main female characters, Shiv, mm-hmm. uh, Shiv Roy, has to. The, She tries to convince a woman who is a victim of sexual abuse to not come forward. And the way that she does it is this really insidious, awful way. But her speech that she gives to this woman is, like, very true. She's like, you'll be famous for, what, two, three days? And then this will be the first two lines of your obituary. It'll be the last line of your obituary. This is what your life is going to be. This is what your children are going to be known for. You want to come forward and accuse us of doing something to you like why don't you just keep this quiet we can help you blah 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 it was so heartbreakingly true what happens when yeah. women put themselves out there and try to stand up for themselves and for other people that it made me think about um, these demonstrations that are happening in Chile and now around the world mm-hmm. about how like, yeah, when we're just one woman, we're just Christine Blasey Ford behind a, you know, behind a podium. We're just one woman tweeting about this guy and him, not, what he's doing not being, you know, acceptable. Um, But if we gather together in big groups and we say the same thing at the same time, we're like, that's not going to be the first line of any of our obituaries. You know, like in um, in Chile, this uh, demonstration started where a bunch of women like (laughs) scores of them get together and start um, doing a kind of like a simultaneous chant. Mm -hmm. Like we're not you know, this is your fault. It's like anti-authority, like Mm anti-rape chant. And it has spread as far as Turkey earlier this week. MPs in Turkey sang the Chilean song in Parliament, like, this is your fault, women are being murdered, all this stuff.
1: It's spread all around the world. So none of these women are going to be singled out. Do you think that unless it's just like on each one of their individual graves, these thousands and thousands and thousands of women, it's just like one of those bitches, <laughs> just on all of their graves?
0: Like, yeah, or one mass. It's called the Las Tesis protest. And uh, yeah, it's a Chilean feminist collective. That has a dance that goes with it, of course, which of which is cool. It's really yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, but yeah. but you know, participating in something like that also is evocative of mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. So, Kieran, do you think that it's maybe more productive, like and less <laughs> less like exposing for women to join a collective to stand up for the rights, or do you think it's more effective when women individually stand
1: up? No, I think you have a point that it's like. The thing that came to mind when you were talking about that was the Louis thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's like there's comedian, it's like, it's like Louis and his victims. And then it's like, you still don't know the names or the comedy of any of mm-hmm. those quote unquote victims. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Which is why so many people, you know, if you're trying to accomplish something or whatever, you don't, you wouldn't want to come forward in the midst of that. Cause you don't want it to be your moment of, of I- identity defining, um, life, you know, Mm -hmm. like, cause anyone is bigger than whatever's happened outside of them. You know what I mean? Like an identity is bigger than a a defined moment in time, no matter how awful it is or what somebody else projects onto your body. Right. And Mm -hmm. so how do you want that legacy to exist? Um, Yeah, I think this is a very, I think this is a very challenging question. You know, it's because if you don't speak out, then you're creating a, a world in which things continue to happen. But if you do speak out, there's a tremendous amount of, I think it is a very individual decision, like for each person and like what their kind of cup of stress is able to hold. Um, you know, it's like even the women I spoke to, like in astronomy, you know, like, and I did all that research on that project about astronomy. It's like the the women in STEM who had experienced so much like so many women who had experienced harassment, it's like, yes, there's a lot of like rage and anger mm-hmm. and, and all of those feelings. And they did come together in a collective and they started to affect change. But I, again, I, I the systemic issue of like who is at the top of any organization, any political movement, any country just has to reflect its population. Mm-hmm. So it just really it is a mm-hmm. it, these are top down issues. And it's just like the, the there needs to be a power dynamic shift um, so that. So that who you're looking at, who's at the top of any organization or any any kind of organization of individuals needs to be reflective of women and minorities and, like, whatever the demographic of that country is if you want to start to see those real top-down shifts in terms of policy and whatever else. So mm-hmm. that so that the onus is not on the individual. Yeah. And then it yeah. might be our onus to, like, demand that change, and that change might come Um you know, more through collective action. But this is why I spend a lot of time lying down.
0: <laughs> I mean, do you think, like, I think that's a really, that's a really interesting... Honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, how I would have yeah. landed that too. So that feels <laughs> Thank you yeah, so, that much was so true. Yeah. Um, do you think that, I mean, like you were saying, Kieran, in order to affect change, that we have to make things that feel very private and shameful to us public. Mm-hmm. And does that ever feel like it takes a toll on you. Like Riri, you mentioned before that you're just like, I'm just, I don't have the energy to like share this private information about myself. Like, do you think that self-preservation and and desire to keep things private sometimes means that we don't
2: share? Well, I think sometimes there's a certain amount of distance you need from an event or from a piece of pain to process it for yourself before you can share it with other people. And due to the speed of horror that's been happening mm-hmm. uh, in, in professional and personal and electronic social spaces, no one wants to give you that time anymore. So whereas I got an email the day after this election that had me literally lost driving to work. I, I got lost in Hancock Park and I didn't know where I was. Um That's that's an accomplishment. There's not very much to that area. Oh, no, I don't. I I think I was singing Hello by Adele. Shout out, Adele. (laughs) And I snapped out of driving in a, like— uh what are those called cul-de-sacs uh-huh. and i was like where am i i had no idea i had to turn the map on in my car <laughs> to figure out how to get out so fine uh, trauma um but that was like the day after i didn't know how to respond to that person and we've had conversations since then sometimes it does take a little distance for you to put your body in between the the Pro, the persecutors and those on the uh, receiving end of mm-hmm. that type of pain, and like I think about the things I've kept quiet and the things I keep I've told to the people that are important to me that I know will help them, mm-hmm. and then I think, is this something that you have to follow your sword publicly? Like, is it our all every, each of ours responsibility now? with a platform to hmm. skewer ourselves and reopen that pain. Like I was thinking when you mentioned Louie, one of, one of, and they would not call themselves victims. One of their victims, uh, his victims, Julia Wolov had to recently respond again. Right. There's yeah, a I lot of, that. The, yeah. the, the,
1: there's a lot of the rehash for the women, and but not for the men.
2: Not for the men. He's putting on an, an ill fitting suit and he's playing chuckles wherever, you know? And that's, was very frustrating to watch because those women had to were pretty much put out to display on a story that many people had heard for years and then it hit a fever pitch and they still have to Mm -hmm. continue to prove that what happened to them is worthy of being listened to so it's i don't know it's very frustrating and i'm trying to get to a place where I figure out the things that I need to keep to myself versus the example of being a, a black woman who works in entertainment. So there are quite a few stories. And what are the ones that you know, I feel like I just tell to my friends at brunch versus saying on a microphone and hopefully mm-hmm. they'll help other women, around you know, mm-hmm.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, has there ever been an instance in your like any of your lives where you've shared something and you felt like it's made a difference where you've seen like a you've been like this is a thing that happened to me and you've seen either a person's attitude change or a circumstance change?
1: nothing Um, changes there uh, I'm just just joking I think everyone's thinking Tien I think Uh, what Tien seems like no I was just it's not like a it's
4: more on a small scale but like when I first started doing um, sketch comedy at Second City my very first cast I was the only queer person in the cast and I kept getting written into straight characters and it really really pissed me off and they didn't know they had never like uh, maybe they should have I don't know. I'm already... Look, I'm already trying to explain away why they were putting me in that situation. So, like, we've been conditioned to just explain it away. But I did have, like, sit down with everyone and I was like, hey, I understand you guys are writing sketches and doing it quickly already, again. But I, like, would really appreciate it if you would put me into, like, a queer relationship or just not have me, like, mention a boyfriend or a husband in this Mm -hmm. particular scene because that's the default for you, but that is not the default for me. And, like, I don't need it to be, like, the crux of the scene. But for me, I love it when it's, like, you know, in a sketch comedy scene that, like— Casually at, It's mentioned. just casually mentioned. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if we're—if the setup is we're at brunch, like, I'm sitting next to someone who's not a dude. You know, like, even just being paired off into couples that way made me so uncomfortable. Because um, it was also, like, my first time on stage, so I really wanted to be like, I want everyone to know I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they listened, and it was—they, like— were very accommodating and they were like oh my gosh we didn't realize that we were doing that and I was like it's cool just like in the future which so so it was like a positive experience but I had been also thinking about it for weeks and Mm -hmm. like didn't bring it up until the end like I just sat in this process of like I don't want to be a squeaky wheel Mm -hmm. just because this is comedy Mm -hmm. and we're just on stage being a straight couple for like three minutes I can handle it right you know like all of the reasons of why I didn't want to be difficult in that situation. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I did speak up because I would have been sitting in this for like a whole year because that's how long the show runs.
1: But, well, but CBS Diversity Showcase, I did that several several years ago ooh. when it was the old oh, people yeah. who used to run it yeah. who uh, were, you know, quite notoriously you know, made a lot of racist and sexist comments. And again, like... Great I, fit. Yeah. Great no, fit for the I would, diversity. But show. I, would, <laughs> I would say this. It's like, when you're saying, when when you're saying you're qualifying what that other person is doing, yeah. there's also like a way in which you're trying to have empathy for where they're coming mm-hmm. from. True. You know, like if somebody's being like quote unquote old school, like, like I think that their intentions or their hearts were in the right place, but it would, that woman would always just be like, not funny. I remember like, you're not <laughs> hot enough to have your shirt off. It's not funny. It's not this—and it was really my first experience with comedy and so many—and I was starting stand-up then. And so many of those people have gone on to be insanely successful. Mm -hmm. But that— the The collective anger of many years of people going through this process where like these kind of stereotypical sketches were put up where, you know, the Indian guy has to do an Indian accent in his showcase sketch or mm-hmm. whatever it is, you know, and it can't be like the version of himself or whatever, led to an article in like The Hollywood Reporter that mm-hmm. that had a leadership change. And now, look, Tien is one of the head writers on that thing, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the there has been a... A leadership chain. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm in there being like, You're not hot enough to have <laughs> your shirt on. You say that Put to it us, back on. Not funny. <laughs>
4: literally
0: every week with CN, we have to cut ten minutes of her yelling at us for not being I've just hot been putting enough. Putting my shirt and not on funny. right now.
2: Feels, now I'm too warm. So I guess that's what's
0: happening. I mean, I think the other an interesting other side of that is if you're in a position where you maybe are in a group that is like more represented than the person who's talking to you. Mm-hmm. Like Tian, you said you thought about it for weeks. It was on your mind. Like if somebody's coming to you, they've been practicing it in a mirror. Yeah. Like they've been mm. thinking about yeah. it, and it's really like it's really hard to put yourself out there, especially if you've been conditioned to just be like go along, get along with the people that are in charge. Like so, I think that. You know, it's really important to to register if like somebody is somebody who's maybe more disenfranchised than you coming to you with a concern. Mm-hmm. It's like this really matters to them because it takes a ton for them to stand up and to say something. Yeah. And so you at least need to acknowledge that you're hearing them and try to make things better. Um, but yeah, making a stink is uh, sometimes the only way to do it. Being a pain in the ass, as I would as I would call it.
2: And it's like it's so crazy too because we're four women who have somehow found our ways in front of microphones at this point. So mm-hmm. there has been this rebellion towards the thing we were mostly were taught when we were little. Yeah. Like, they didn't mean it. Mm-hmm. If he pushes you, he likes you. <laughs> um, if he calls you wee-wee instead of Re Ree, don't cry, Ree. You're going to be okay, ri <laughs> Oh, no! Yeah, no, guys, I've really worked through that. It's fine. Um, but it is this, this I don't know. I feel like I've been on this trail of, like, you look back at all of the small slights of not your queerness not being seen or, you know, or being told that your ty- your personhood isn't uh, helpful towards your, your goals. Or, like, I remember working at... Um, a t- very top agency and being told this outfit's good, the one yesterday not good, and being like fully uh. looked down by a male colleague. So fun. But I I try to use that to like strengthen myself and to help the kids I know now. And I think that's – sometimes that's what you can do and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way
4: of putting it too. Like instead – I've tried to – instead of being like public about certain things, I will try to talk to close folks and or folks who I like – would like to that have come up behind me in Second mm-hmm. City of just trying to impart like, hey, if there's something that's uncomfortable, you like you can talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. just giving uh, a an opportunity for you to show that you are willing to listen. And also like you've already gone through it or I have personally been like, I've gone through it. I would be willing to talk to someone for you about X, Y, Z, you
2: know, yeah. as much as I hate to get my brain picked at a coffee. I have. Yeah. Who like, not a big fan, but I will. I do it. Because there are so few examples of, like, there uh, I luckily know so many black female writers, but even when I got here eight years ago, there were so few examples. Mm-hmm. So I take that pretty seriously of, tell me, are you okay? Like, yeah. checking in with them, are you, like— like the girl who replaced me on my desk at uh, an agency, it was like, I can hear in your voice what's happening. Please call me when after I have this call with my old boss. Like this is, it's, I don't know, pull people up behind you, yes. I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think like starting local is, yes. is, a, is, a, yeah. is a way to think about it. Also, I think about, you know, the way, like if you're a person who like gives money to organizations, like if you give to a small organization, your money goes a long way. Like if you're a person who has something valuable to give and that is like advice, support, insight, and you give it, to, like, a person that it'll mean a lot to, I, like, goes further. I mm-hmm. think that that's a really, that's an interesting way of of thinking about it. And
1: getting your brain picked is definitely not fun. Not fun. Not fun. The thing, the, there's, there's, like, collective spaces where, where shared experience can be very cathartic mm-hmm. and it can make you feel less crazy. Mm-hmm. And then there's kind of outside of that shared experience, then there might be how you deal with, something in a professional workplace or how you deal with something in a personal relationship or in a friend group. There's and then, you know, I don't know if I would fault someone for not speaking out about moments in their life, because like Mm -hmm. you said, there's Mm -hmm. so much, like there's, this is, this is a very systemically racist and sexist business. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's just so much systemic racism and sexism. It's like, if you were going to like list all of the examples, it's like, you're just going to wallow. So the other big thing I think is like, it's like, like, like that film that I wrote a year ago that I was talking to John, like that is about that is a that is a thriller about harassment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how can you also be undeniable and get very very good at something yeah. and like mm-hmm. and like put it into some it put it into a form that maybe isn't Twitter. It doesn't have to be your personal like mm, this happened to me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like there yeah. there is also like a container of stand up and yeah. film and art and like mm-hmm. things that can I think be more collectively and culturally cathartic. And I mm-hmm. find that to be a very like healing gesture and getting something like that made is such an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. Like even when you have a ton of support, even when people are getting it out and there's great producers and that's for any piece of anything. Mm-hmm. But I think that also solid, like I have a very steel will because of that. I, I look at it as like the narrative gesture of everyone's job is like, is to, it's to do your best to, as long as you are doing your best to push the narrative forward so it's going to be better for the people after you mm-hmm. everyone like there was an entire civil rights movement where everyone is not Rosa Parks mm-hmm. and where like you do not know everyone's name who was a part of that right and right. it's like your job is to like do your best and and do your own best work to to push it forward for the next generation of women um and poc women and you know people who need representation after you mm-hmm. you know and wherever you fall in that in that narrative gesture tight you know mm-hmm. yeah. we're all gonna die
4: I mean and to, to <laughs> you've it, been landing them really, you really thank you
0: so much
1: yeah you're like a, the Simone
4: wow, you're getting the, ready for the Summer Olympics yeah, you're like the Simone
0: Biles of, of just sticking the landing <laughs> thank you so much we're gonna name a bunch of moves the Kieran because <laughs> you're the first one to land them in competition i uh, um, just like I'm
1: like I'm like like a piece of trying to t- the things I tell myself and then I'm like I'm so tired <laughs> it's every
2: but that is the, that is but you keep moving yeah. like that's every day it's like all I want to do is take a nap at 4.30pm and then I got up and did work and I'm proud of myself and that's what you're doing and we all need affirmations I think support's really important but yeah we're all going to die
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean and, and to bring it back to the to the um, reporter who spoke up I think that like the fact that I guess ending it on a, on a high note, the fact that social media immediately went after him mm-hmm. is a testament to the fact that we have come a certain distance,
1: not yeah. not as
0: far as I would like to have come, we've but gone the, 5k. Yes, we've
1: gone the
0: 5k of progress, yeah. <laughs> we've, we've gone 5k. Uh, but we're not
1: there Thank yet. Thank you. Slow, slow clap.
0: Slow clap. All right. Leave we we, we got to take a
1: break. Up. Tien's just leaving now. <laughs> She's walking out of the seat. I... She dropped her microphone. Yes. She wasn't holding it. She threw it on the ground. Oh,
2: good. I can take my shirt off. Put your shirt on.
1: And the other thing is change is genuinely inevitable. Like, mm-hmm. it's yeah, even e- I mean, one of the things I remind myself is even in Trump's administration, there are more women and minorities in Congress mm-hmm. today. Uh-huh. It's yeah. in. It's actually inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's it's it. I don't I don't know if you win in our lifetime in the way that I would like to win in our lifetime. But I know that it's it's coming, and it right. is coming, and it's happening, and you can see it in the shift in entertainment. You can you can see it everywhere, right? Well, so, that's why
0: they're so scared because we're coming, and there's no stopping us. And uh, we have to take a break, though. When we're back, the hills will die on
2: Friday. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere.
0: back we're at the part of the show where we get extremely petty because of the normal part of the show we're not petty at all it's the hills we'll die on let's get started with our listener hill Hi, Hysteria, long-time listener, first-time caller. My name's Susie, and the hill that I will die on
4: is that Christmas albums released by current artists who are reimagining old classics are not good. I don't understand why this keeps happening. Every year, one or two artists lose their minds, and they decide, I'm going to redo Jingle Bells and the Christmas song. And it's like,
2: your version is never going to be better than the original. Why do we keep trying this? Like, If you're going to release Christmas music, can you at least release an original song like pull Mariah Carey?
4: Hope someone agrees with me. Thanks.
2: <laughs> <Yikes. laughs> hope hope someone I, agrees. I, with I, agree. I like.
4: I like that so much. <laughs> I love. This. But yeah, that was. Hope that, was so, with me. that was so. That was so sweet.
1: So vulnerable.
2: I, loved I just it. love that she's like someone. Pull a Mariah Carey, girl. We all wish we could. We all,
4: I know. <laughs> I know.
2: <But> you, <laughs> we we all wanna write a hit in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would love to write a uh, the one, best yeah. Christmas song in the world in ninety minutes totes is how long she took to write that. <laughs> at what?
1: like at like, tw- like twenty two and just be like, whatever.
0: And then <laughs> you know as soon as I mean? it hits like,
2: like
1: December fifteenth is the number one song. It's already right,
2: right
0: good for her. Last three decades. Yeah. Good uh, for her. it's the best.
2: But yes, you're right. They're all trash.
0: Um they I'm, are all trash. I've got a Christmas related hill to die on. Mm. Um recently I tuned into a great performances of The Nutcracker and it was act 1. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> wait, 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 you said Let's you tuned, I'm sorry. You said you Let's tuned into a again. great performance? A great performances, it's a PBS a show. A great Chien. performance? It's a oh, PBS sorry. show where it shows boring art that when I was little, I was like, this is dumb. And as an adult, I'm like, mm, this is good background stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. so I tuned into the Nutcracker and I, it was act one and I had forgotten how fucking weird the Nutcracker is. Act one is there all these kids are dancing around and their parents are having a party and they have a weird old toy maker who is clearly a pedophile show up and like flirt with a little girl gives her a doll that she falls in love with who is a nutcracking doll which I mean I aspire to have, to nut crack nuts, but not in that way. <laughs> Aaron
1: Nutcracker Ryan. It.
0: she Okay, Anyone? so she gets the doll. Okay. The whole thing is very boring because they keep doing these things. we yes. are like, now we're going in a circle. Now we're not in a circle. We're in a circle again. Look at the tree. It's so fucking boring. And then, <laughs> then everybody does acid apparently because really? the Nutcracker becomes real. The mice become real. She goes oh, yeah. to a land and the whole like acid trip part makes no sense. It's dumb and racist and then at the very end she flies away in a sleigh like at the end of Greece. It is so <laughs> weird. It is so weird. Kids should not watch it. We should not be performing it anymore. I hate wow. the Nutcracker.
2: Yes, and you're completely correct. And what's so bananas is that pe- like parents use it as like a litmus test of whether or not you're a good kid. If you can put on a taffeta dress and sit in like the Baltimore opera house and just like watch it for five hours. It's too (laughs) damn long. They all should just calm down. Why do you want me to watch people rolling and mice coming to life? Free me from these chains. I agree with you honestly. It's It's
0: so bad and weird. There's other things that are better. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid my mom took me to see a performance at the, I believe the Guthrie Theater of Black Nativity where it was like all like black christmas hell yeah and it was the best christmas experience (laughs) of my life like a black
2: thanksgiving that sounds right
0: (laughs) yeah it was was amazing it was like go tell it on the mountain and then they did like the christmas story but they had like an entirely black cast and it was like my mind is blown like this is amazing the nutcracker (laughs) is weird and bad my niece and nephew are going to that this year well, they're going to be bored and hate so it. So I
4: bored. No, I don't have to go. I'm not going. Well.
2: <laughs> you're like I'm grown. I'm, I, no, I don't have to go.
0: I'm I have grown. to take
1: them. No. <laughs> okay, who wants to go next? Kieran, you want to go next? I have a Christmas-related hill, oh, sure, despite no, my heathen okay. heathen oh, status. Okay. <laughs> in my family, we did celebrate trees in Christmas. Where are the mistletoes, and why aren't there hot men standing underneath them? Oh, I don't understand. God. I First of all, I've never seen one in real life, and there's never someone handsome standing under the non-existent tr- fucking herb. It's, is it an herb? It's a no. I it's don't, not a I spice. Like, no, you, you can't like wheat. you can't stuff
2: a chicken with it. Yeah, you can't. No, uh, marinate a pork. With well, that.
1: not if you don't believe. It's yet.
2: poison. Okay. You would be poisoned. Which is what heterosexuality is.
4: <laughs> is oh my god! <laughs> <Okay>. Yes. <laughs>
1: Whoever you want standing under the mistletoe. I just. I don't know I haven't seen them at parties ever and and I've never seen someone attractive standing under one because I've never seen the actual plant anywhere and and I am sad about that it seems like a it seems like I know cuz we talked all about like Trauma and harassy, like that. It's like harassy, it's not the best. Maybe this is your sang. nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I love Baby
4: It's Cold Outside. That song mm. is amazing.
2: Oh, <laughs> speaking of songs that were just redone as they're like Whoa. Colin with the with John Legend and Kelly Clarkson, they like put woke lyrics Did they? in it. Mm. And I'm like, I'm all for Kelly, like, she is a white queen, but I didn't need it, but dude. Whatever. It's not a
0: Christmas song, it's a cold weather I know. song, Get it has it nothing out of here. to do with Christmas, <laughs> literally. Find a Christmas-related lyric in that song. It's not a Christmas song, so let's kill the debate
1: entirely. It's. I just feel like I've just been sold a false narrative mm-hmm. with the mistletoe. Okay, I guess it's like <laughs> it's like it's like a rom com. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like life doesn't look like that. And it's right. like I feel like I see movies and then the mistletoe, and it like seems like a dope idea, but in reality, that would probably be assault. And it's like you know all the things. And I just, <laughs> I also can see you
4: sweet you just like finally having that experience and then being like
1: "Eh." (laughs) (laughs) like I, like I can see
4: you getting like under the mistletoe hot dude it's perfect and you're like well did nothing for me I was
1: like I was like why did you eat garlic before this <laughs> nothing's ever right oh, yeah. oh bah humbug. nothing yeah. is ever right that's oh, true okay uh, <laughs>
0: Tien do you want to go next now I have to have a Christmas I Does came it? up with one. did you, you go 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 okay go. Riri go
2: um, so Love Actually has been one of my favorite movies since I was a young child. Um, it, it moves. It shakes. It's a mover. It's a shaker. Talk about heterosexual poison. Yes! <laughs> the Hello dialogue is that love actually isn't so much a Christmas movie as it is an ode to loneliness and fear. Um, yeah, I just came up with this just now, but I'm going to really work yeah, through yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I think the most evocative story in this is Emma Thompson's story. Emma Thompson is a queen. Her crying alone to both sides now is the thesis of this film. No matter—you you think you've found love, but it's actually just a, a call to the fact that you have no human connection. And this is the, 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 the <laughs> simile that you clutch onto in this time where everyone makes you feel even more isolated than you are. So you end up alone singing Joni Mitchell while your husband— Thinks um, that you're having a in I don't know a tummy issue. I just believe that I because I'm someone who watches it in July, and my friend banned me from watching it. Um, <laughs> I'm not only allowed currently to watch it between Thanksgiving and. <laughs> Because I used to use it as my crying movie, I, I believe that it's not really about the spirit of Christmas that love is all around you. It's more the fact that like we're all grasping for love, and at the end of the day, you're just at Heathrow hoping your husband isn't going to leave you for the lady who like sh- shook her mistletoe at him at the holiday party.
1: I mean, it is. There's the, a mistletoe in that movie. Yeah, yeah. I'll so be like, waiting, I'm waiting under the mistletoe, waiting to get kissed. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know I won't like it. <laughs> I mean, I do think, I do think it is probably the like most, I, know, uh, I just know in It's my heart. the most
0: successful romantic movie to start with a 9-11 reference. For mm. sure. For sure. <laughs> uh,
2: I stand corrected. I will watch the beginning of the film. <laughs> Ooh, uh, there's some wild rides in that movie. All right. Tim, okay. You
0: bring us home.
4: Um, the hill that I will die on is holiday related. And it <laughs>
2: <laughs> The improv we're doing right now. I can't wait. I can't.
4: The uh, okay, so... Uh, okay, I'm just going to go for it. Um, anytime a town center or a, t- <laughs> or a city is responsible for decorating trees with lights, I would like to see every single branch lined with lights and not a lazy mm-hmm. circle mm-hmm. around the tree. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? That like- is so hard. No, no, no. You feel like the tax
2: dollars are not being used properly. Oh. I feel like the tax
4: dollars are not being used properly. We rolled up to O'Hare um, Airport recently. And they have just, just loose, loose strands of light bulbs. But that's a great metaphor for loose. Chicago. Loose, loose, <laughs> loose. Yeah, they're not trying. They're like phoning it in. Just wrapped around haphazardly, looking like shit. I want every single big branch to be spotlighted, so oh, that when no, you go look for the at small it, branches no, no, too. No. Do them oh yeah, all. do them all. When you look at the tree, you're like, <laughs> wow, I tree. see the shape of the tree, not like, wow, that's like a messy cotton candy nonsense, ugly thing. Mm-hmm. So my <laughs> <the> hill that <laughs> I will die on is that I guess the folks who are not getting paid enough
1: to do this should <laughs> work, work harder. harder. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I want you to participate in capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. You want that tree to shine. I want the tree
0: to shine. Yeah. I want the tree to shine. Okay. You're the Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm the Ebenezer Scrooge. To all the Bob Cratchits out there who decorate Christmas trees. Put your
2: back into it. Put your back
0: into
1: it. I know it's cold out there and it's thankless (laughs) work, but. And it's like, and you could actually go to a mall and make that happen. We could get you a megaphone. Yeah. (laughs) You could yell at the people while they do it. Mm -hmm. Just respect the shape of the tree. That's all i'm saying
0: do you have a top hat to wear while (laughs) you're yelling at the people a top hat we need a we need a monocle yeah we need all of the fixings of wealth 19th century wealthy people okay (laughs) (laughs) we did it we did it we We did we did we we came up with that Wow, no Hanukkah hills I'm sure we're going to get some in our inbox Because there were
1: no Hanukkah hills well, I, I think everyone here parties. And everyone here loves latkes, right? Holy oh, shit, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Like a The hill that we all
0: collectively die on Is latkes are the jam yeah, they, they are love an amazing food They're amazing Well, happy holidays to everybody Happy holidays and, uh, Thank happy you to uh, Tien, Kieran, and Riri For coming by and sitting at this lonely table with me Thanks to Alyssa Monaco for calling in And there will be more hysteria next week with
4: because right? girls just want to have fun so any get your
0: gun hysteria is a product of crooked media caroline reston is our producer our editor is sarah barrett and kyle seglin is our sound engineer thank you to juliet beckstrand for production support and to our digital team elijah Cohn and nadina melconian for filming and editing our video content
1: every week
4: But this from I'ma get, get me some Give them what they want, it will never be enough. You can take what you want from me. Yeah, I'll stay loud, and we're gonna shut it down. All the girls to the front with me. Girls to the front to the front of the to the
0: front. For years I just dreaded going to the dentist.